Hey everyone and welcome to Previously in the Multiverse. I am Peter and joining me as always is Connor. I feel like you put in some extra effort then to really like take a second go right now. I had to change gears. I had to take a moment yeah, to adjust yeah. gears. You, you could feel it grinding down. <laughs> yes, welcome everyone. This is our, our sister DC comic show. Our main comic show, of course, is Comics from the Multiverse, where we talk about all the new DC comics that are coming. I'll say all, not all, all, but like, you know, all the ones we want to read. Uh, that every week, every weekend, me, me, Connor, and also Matt get together and do that. And it's, you know, grown to average about three hours and it's a hefty show and people seem to enjoy it uh, this is the sister show which me and connor work our way through some old dc comics runs and this is episode four and we are working through the following uh, well this is the issues we're doing today and I'll, I'll just sort of tag on what each one is from uh so we're going to talk about batman 403 which is the next issue in our post-crisis batman run which is basically just starting at post-crisis and going forever uh and at least until years and years and years and years from now we catch up to the start of rebirth and there's no more to do at which point i guess we just start at another. which point will have been so long since we've read rebirth that i mean <laughs> you want to read tom king's batman again is that what you're saying no i'm, I'm good i'm good well maybe it ages well i don't know <laughs> maybe that'll read quite well in 2040 uh but yeah ambitious so well you, you think 20 years isn't yeah, I suppose when I think about We're it. We're going slower than weekly. No, we're not. We are. We are once we start adding in the other books. Yeah, but we're probably going to double up, though, on Batman books. When they get I just hit. feel like when we get to something like Nightfall. Okay, we might slow down a little bit then. But at least right we're now... We're going I... slower than release. <laughs> At least right now, though, we're keeping pace with the the releases as they were coming out. Because it was one Batman detective a month, and we're doing one yeah. of each per month. So, we're you know, we're keeping pace <laughs> so far. For now. Yeah, uh, so far, so good. Um, I don't know if there was a period where detectives switched to weekly for a while. I know Action did, so maybe maybe detectives got a little... I don't, I don't... I'm not aware of any, but, I mean, who knows? Yeah, but anyway, so we're going to talk about Batman 403. Uh, we got Wonder Woman issue 4 from the New 52. This is the New 52 Azarello and Cliff Chang run. Uh, we got The Flash 63. That's the next issue of Mark Wade's Flash run. We got Birds of Prey Manhunt issue 2, which is the next issue in Chuck Dixon's Birds of Prey run. Uh, some of these are self explanatory, honestly, but like some of them require a little bit of explanation. Uh, GSE issue 3, which is the start of the very long run that goes into Jeff Johns. Although the first arc does not have him. I'm sure I've explained that every single issue we've done of that, but I just, you know, it's worth repeating. Well, I mean, you've only got three or four more issues to go until you can stop explaining it. I don't even think it's that. I think I'm pretty sure his first issue is issue six. So I think... Is it six? I thought it was like seven or eight, but fair enough. I, I, I might say it's six, but I could be. I mean, we'll find out. Uh, and then finally this week, we have Adventures of Superman 582, which is the next issue in our sixth slot, which is which was a, a Patreon vote, and that was uh, Emperor Joker, which actually is another arc that leads into it. It's in the same trade, so we're, we're doing the whole shebang. Uh, that's the second issue of that. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about this week, and we are going to add a seventh slot. In fact, uh, just yesterday at the time of recording, uh, the the vote went up on patreon.com slash TV. The five For $5 and up patrons, uh, you can once again vote on what the seventh uh, book is going to be uh, worth mentioning these are a little bit longer than the ones that were in the other vote because we didn't want to just burn all the quicker options immediately in two votes that were back to back so these are all kind of medium length in terms of runs meaning they're in the 20s to 30 issues along each uh, so the four options which are up right now and i don't have it in front of me but i'm sure i can do this 
Now, you know what we, IDs we talked about. Did you ever actually see the final picks? No. You didn't? Okay. Uh, so, Stephanie Brown, Batgirl, was one option. Uh, Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle, from Post-Crisis. Or, post, sorry, Post-Infinite Crisis. That was what I meant to say there. Uh, I mean, it is Post-Crisis, technically, but it's just... But, but very post-crisis. Yeah. Uh, Checkmate by Rucka. And... <laughs> this, is, this is why I should have it in front of me. This you want me to go and look at what you did? Hold on. Hold on a sec. Hold on. Hold on. Secret Six. Secret Six by Gil Simone. That was the fourth one. There we go. That's the four options. Yeah, he, so. had, he had to sneak in one slightly longer one. Yeah. Well, there wasn't... Let's be honest. There wasn't a lot of great options for that kind of length. It was kind of... A I weird... disagree. I gave you, like, 12 really solid options. Yeah, but, I mean, out of the ones I wanted to read, there wasn't a lot of great options. So... Uh, those were the four that we came up with uh, that are interesting picks, I think. Uh, and more just that, though, also in an effort not to double it. Because one of the options was Jeff John's Aquaman, for example, from New 52. But we were able to already get a John's book, or at least it will be a John's book in a couple of week- episodes' time. Uh, but also because we've already got a New 52 book. So we didn't want to necessarily double up in two different ways with that. So, you know, there was a few things like that that got crossed out. Like, it would have been very easy to pick some sort of short Batman one or, or another Wonder Woman one or something. And it was like, no, this makes things as diverse as possible batman was kind of excluded by its nature of we'll get there eventually anyway yeah yeah but there's definitely things you could have made an argument for like you know mini series that weren't really part of main continuity but even those will probably just kind of throw in with the the post-crisis run if you will if they're relevant um some more than others i'm sure yeah, I don't want all be relevant, but there's definitely some good ones where I'm like, I don't want to skip this. Uh, this, this. I don't know this is a good book, so we should do it kind of thing. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where a lot of the, the minis and the, the side books that aren't necessarily continuity will probably go into that sixth slot of the, the shorter book rotation that we're, that we're putting up for votes. Mm-hmm. So... There you go. Uh, so yeah, go to patreon.com slash TV. Uh, normally I plug that somewhere in the middle at the end, but uh, since we're announcing the vote, I may as well just do it now. You can support everything we do uh, for as little as $1 per month over at patreon.com slash TV, and you get certain bonuses for that. But the $5 tier specifically, in this case, you get access to the voting. You also get the podcast a day early. That's previously the regular cuts from the multiverse and when we speak, start elsewhere in the multiverse, which is coming soon still, uh, that is, uh, they'll, they'll all be a day early for $5 patrons, so uh, you get that too. Uh, worth mentioning as well, we're recording this a day later this week, so apologies for that. It does mean that it's a day later for patrons and another day later for everyone else. It's not a huge deal because it's not like we're, it's not like the new books are out this week that are relevant to this podcast. You know, it's not, it's not a big deal in that sense, but anyway, I am drinking a new flavour of Monster tonight. Uh, it's almost done, admittedly, but I'm drinking Monster Punch, which I I don't really like Is that much. It's pretty tropical. It's got a variety of fruit in it. I, what, what does it claim it is on the can? I see. Because it usually claims something, and you know, suspect, but... Apple, orange, raspberry, cherry, guava, pineapple, passion fruit. It's a lot. I would consider that punch. It's very punchy, yes. Uh, honestly, I think... Do you know what I think it tastes like to me? And maybe this is someone who's never drank proper punch before, so I don't really know if it tastes like punch. But this is what I think it tastes like. It tastes like sherbet. So extremely sugary is what you're saying. It tastes like sherbet, uh, and I don't think I like it that much. I mean, I've drank it all because you know because you've got it now. You're not allowed yeah. to go to waste because damn that. <laughs> I mean, unless it's that bad that I think it's revolting to drink. But because the, the the there was the other one recently, the green one. I don't remember what it was called. 
which tasted like, and this is, this is a local, well, I say local, it's a UK candy, so most people won't get this reference, but it tasted like the apple-flavoured pinballs in Malwan Pinballs, which is a, you know, a fruity kind of candy. Um, and I didn't Slightly like, sour, just a little tangy. A little tangy, because I don't like sour candy, but I like pinballs, because they're just, they're just a little tinge, but not... Yeah, they're not like sour sweets, but no. they've just got a little tinge of it. Yeah, because like sour Skittles, for example, I hate. I don't want sour versions of it. Sour can piss off and die. But, it tastes like that, and I didn't really like it that much at first, but it kind of grew on me as I was drinking it. I was like, oh, I'm getting kind of a taste for this as it goes on. Um, this one, not so much. Like, as much as it's kind of amusing that it tastes like sherbet, and sherbet's like a powdery sort of candy. Yeah. I've literally, I've literally not tasted sherbet in like 20 years because it's something you only have when you're a young kid. <laughs> Pretty much. I can, and, and you never have it like on its own. Either You have it like with like candy sticks or you, yeah, you yeah. dip it in or you get it inside the little saucer foam things whatever those were yeah 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 it's, but it tastes like sure but i just thought i'd let everyone know yeah i just just you know before we started this piece like right okay let's get going i, I want to be done by this time i've got stuff i want to watch I, I, and I then still, he spends I, 10 minutes talking about monster i still i still want to be a time i just think there's, there's room for a bit of small talk at the start as there's always room for a bit of small talk that's all i'm saying Mm-hmm. And okay. apparently, I try different flavors of Monster on a regular basis now, so I have to mention it when it's. Relevant. I can't remember the last time I had a different flavor of an energy drink. Mainly because I just buy the cheap own brand ones that are like, yep, that'll do. That'll wake me up. Yeah. It's worth mentioning my favorite is still just a regular Red Bull. Like that's, that's the one I like the most. It's the one that tastes the best <laughs> to me, is the regular Red Bull. Um, yeah. I have no idea what flavor they claim that is. Just, you know, just energy drink flavor. Yeah, it's Red Bull. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's got a name. Anyway, let's talk about the comic, shall we? If let's, you insist. Let's talk about Batman, issue 403. Max Allen Collins writing with Dennis Cohen on the art. Uh, so this is... This is a uh, we 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 really liked the last issue of Batman, right? We were we sort of Detective was fun in the last couple of issues. That last issue of Batman we did a couple of episodes ago, uh, we really liked. This is kind of the second part of that, because um, obviously the next issue of Batman, if you if you're familiar with the numbers, uh, four hundred four is going to be the start of year one. So we're getting the Frank Miller year one story starting next episode, which is weird that we're hitting a big story like that. Well, not next episode. Okay, well, okay. Next time we do Batman, next episode is going to be a Detective issue. Yes, yeah. quite right, quite right. Um, people knew what I meant. Well, I just wanted to be clear. It's actually on that. It's going to be really weird reading Year One that spaced out. I've never read it not in you know one go. I think that's part of the interesting experience of doing this show is like taking some of those classic stories that we're going to encounter and spread them out as if we're doing it as single issues. Yeah, it's unusual, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, crazy not Batman X Cop is in Arkham. And yeah, we have a great opening sequence of him fighting what seems to be, uh, you know, Joker and uh, Two Face. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, well, I mean, I mean, obviously we suspect that it's it's him rather than the real Batman, but he is dressed as Batman here, and it's a lot of like, you know, trippy like grids and zigzags, back you know, backgrounds and stuff, checkerboards, yeah. lots of red, red and black, and then you know a little bit of white in there as well on some of the floors. But what I like about it is the reveal at the end that it's just it's just him and I like a t shirt. Uh, but he's he's just beat up two guards or two orderlies from from Arkham Asylum, and mm. it's like oh so he's this is just in his deluded, deluded mind. This is what he's seeing is that he thinks he's fighting the Joker and Two Face, yeah, but he's, he's actually he's beating up innocent dudes. Actually cracked. 
Yeah, he's actually, yeah, he's, he's completely psychotic. Uh, and the plot of this issue is basically he escapes Arkham and he's he has like a Shawshank moment and this obviously this issue came out before Shawshank existed but he's he actually looks up at the rain and you don't see his hands it's a close up of his face but it reminded me of the moment of Shawshank when I did the phrase like out for the first time and he's like yeah the rain uh, and he basically stumbles through the woods sort of looking for what, what is he looking for I can't remember what he's, he, no, he's looking for he's aiming to get Bruce Wayne because that's uh, right that's right give him some support or something yeah, yeah, Bru- or something like that. But, yeah, because Bruce exactly. Wayne wanted to give him like the best help, uh, the best care that money could buy. He's looking for Bruce Wayne, and he actually ends up stumbling into a cave and goes into a cavern and goes into you know through some channels and paths and ends up in the cave. And he's like, "Yes, my cave!" He actually stumbles into the real Batcave and ends up stealing the Batmobile. That is the <laughs> that is it's, the plot. It's of this kind of issue. funny. He's he's walking around the Batcave going. I don't remember any of this. All, the, all those drugs they pumped me with must have, you know, really messed with my memory. But this is clearly my base of operations. Just look at all these trophies everywhere. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bruce is on a date with Vicky Vale. Yeah, it's not going too well for him. No, nah, no. Nah, he she keeps saying how how much of a brute Batman is and how much she likes a real man like Bruce Wayne. Uh, interesting. They're they're, they're kind of doing the. I mean, it's not quite the Superman thing because obviously Lois likes Superman and thinks Clark's boring. Um, who who is it that has this usually? Who who's, who who? What, what superhero has the love interest who thinks the the the, the heroes the 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 rogue that they don't like, but they they love the the regular dude? Because mm. this is definitely something that happens from time to time. It is. I've I've definitely seen it as well. Who is it? It's a good question. I'm just thinking of the big like secret identity character stories. Daredevil like, maybe. Does, does Daredevil have this sometimes? No, maybe. I don't uh, think so. I don't, it. I, don't, I don't think it's Spider Man. Nah, not Spider Man. Not unless he's dating uh, Jojo Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, no, good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, Alfred's like driving them to her place. Oh, he's not actually going to stay because she actually asked him repeatedly to come in, and he's like, "Nope." Uh, we get like the, the guards from Arkham like searching the forest nearby and. I actually really like those panels at the end of the flashlights. Uh, they're a good job of almost creating just kind of that search party. They've, all got, they've got the big rain overalls on and things yeah, like that. it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got a nice, nice atmosphere to it. Uh, I mean, much like the last issue, even though I, I like this again, I think I preferred the last one a little bit more because the last one had more of a statement about Batman's like thought, you know, his viewpoint on killing yeah. people, and it, it really made a statement. This one's a solid follow-up, although I don't like it as much. I definitely it, felt like this was a follow-up in the sense of they knew they were having, you know, year one coming up at 404. Mm. And they're like, well, we just need one more issue. Can you just, just knock up one more thing for that, us? Do you know what this almost feels like? It almost feels like it's a it's a proper follow-up, but it, I would typically expect this to be another, like, one issue fill-in, like, later. Like, oh, we need a, we've got another gap later on. So do a little story harking back to that previous one shot. Do, do, you, know what, no, do you know what I'm going to re- liken this to? Yes. This is the director video sequel. That's still pretty good, but it just—it's like, yeah, okay, we're we're just here now. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I—I I just mean like I'm thinking like uh, in like Tom King's run, for example, you had that murderous little guy who thought he was Bruce Wayne, right? I mean, hell, it's even a mm. kind of a doppelganger in a weird way as well, just a, just a yeah. different sense. Uh, the way so that was like a one shot, a one issue thing, but then it came back for one issue later. Like mm. I, I could, you know, it's, I could see this being separated, but it's just not. It's just you know, it's, it's not. It, they're treating it as if it's a two-part story, but it's not really two-part. It's like no, it was a one and done, and this is a sequel issue. 
It just comes right much. away. Which, yeah. Yeah. So he gets it a real works. Batmobile. He gets a real Batmobile, and this is notable because he's never had that before. Uh, but yeah, and he drives that... off to go see Gordon. Yeah, what I was going to say though is that uh, there's a couple of lines from Batman that are a bit cheesy and feel like, e- even though the, the this book does certainly seem to have Batman down better in the sense of his his you know his views on things, his morality, all that stuff. There is the odd, really cheesy bit of dialogue that I'm like, yeah, no writer would ever put that sentiment in Batman's mouth now. Like you know, it's just it's too much of a, a wisecracker or whatever. There's some examples coming up at some point, but I kind of miss wisecracking Batman because it was kind of a thing for a long time. Like I mm. mean. Even going back to like the animated series, I can think of a lot of wisecracking moments in that. Yeah, so do you know what this is a weird way? Is that when they go to look to find the Batmobile, and Batmobile, the Batmobile, where is it? I'm like, since when does he only have one of them in the cave? <laughs> like, he has, <laughs> he has to take a bike. And I'm like, why is he taking the bat bike? Like, he usually has like 10 of those things just sitting around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how you know writers have really loved giving him new Batmobiles over the last couple of decades. Yeah, well, it is worth mentioning. This is before even the first Tim Burton Batman movie. One of the th- reasons why we have so many Batmobiles now is that they love to put all the old movie Batmobiles in the background uh, and a lot yeah. of the big cave panels. So I feel like the whole idea that there's a whole army of vehicles is like a relatively modern thing because they love to at least put all the movie ones in the background. So yeah. it's a nice idea that you you don't. It, it works in the sense that of course he has enough money to have all of these. Why not? Oh yeah, sure. No, I never doubt it. It never makes me takes me out of it or go. That's weird. Yeah. Like, you know. Uh, so he takes a bite. He doesn't let Jason come with him. He's like, "Nope, Jason, you stay here in case he comes back. He gets the chump job." <laughs> I mean, it is Jason. I mean, it is Jason. Yes. Uh, so Batman goes to Commissioner Gordon. Gordon's explain. Okay, he broke out. Yada yada yada. And Batman's like, "Oh, by the way." Don't don't ask how. I mean, actually, this is the exact line. We have an added problem. Please don't ask how. <laughs> but but karma has has got his hands on the Batmobile. I love the oh, please don't. Just, oh. that, see, this oh. is one of these lines. I can't imagine Mad Batman in like you know twenty twenty saying to Gordon like, oh, please don't ask me how. But <laughs> this thing happened. But it's it's weirdly like it's not un Batman either though. Like yeah yeah. You know, <laughs> Cornerus was like, wonderful. What do you, you want to do? Reported stolen. <laughs> I just, I think it's kind of funny. I do. I do. It's, it's true to Batman enough that I don't, if it did come out of Batman's mouth now, it'd be like, well, that's a little bit of a weird line now, but it's not completely out of character. Yeah, as far as a sequel to the last story goes, I think the idea that he gets his hands on the real Batmobile and some real bat tech is an interesting way to elevate it and say, okay, this is how the, the, the stuff's heightened now. And anyway, he continues to get after people who were responsible for his family's death. You know, uh, It turns out his partner, when he was on the force, was the one who gave him like cer- certain information and, and whatnot. And he leads him in the, yeah. the, the, the direction of the, the mob boss that kind of put the hit out on his family, or on him that ended up killing his family. And so he asks where he goes. Obviously, Batman ends up in pursuit as well. We get a Batman v. Batman fight. Uh, the issue doesn't end rather abruptly. Like, there's like, oh shit, we have no more pages left. We have to quickly just say this is over. Because yeah. uh, they're, they're literally still punching each other. And I, I do like the... Two the, panels before the end or something yeah, like that. I, I do love the visual of the fake Batman, like, you know, down on the down on the ground, whimpering, saying, nobody can defeat the Batman. Like, he's, he's trying to say that to himself. He's like, I can't lose. No one can defeat the Batman. But he's actually on the floor crying. There's, there's something 
you know, has to say that. Because, you know, it's this little final bit of narration where Bruce is kind of like, you know, Vicky Vale may think the Batman and Bruce Wayne are two very different people, uh, but the Avenger within the Batman coexists with the Compassionate Man. And this is why, I guess this is the thing that dates it the most, is this idea, because I think to us, right, the modern idea of Batman is that Batman's the real person, and Bruce Wayne, like, you know, he, like, what Batman is, is the person who's been obsessed and, like, been devoted to this since he was a teenager, since he was old enough to have an idea in his head that he could become something and fight some fight back or, or whatever, this war on crime, that's who he really is. And the persona of Bruce Wayne in public is just kind of the charade, just to, like, fill people, right? Yeah, I think, I think we've been over this before, where I don't fully agree with that. I think, you know, there, I think Batman is just as much of an ex- of a persona as as Bruce Wayne is um but i think you know the, the the real you know the real bruce is closer to batman than he is to the the bruce wayne persona i mean sure yeah, yeah. A, i mean i mean there's a middle reds he he does obviously add the theatricality that's a big thing we talk about with so there is an element of exaggeration <laughs> but oh no but quite extra. i think you know there's when when you have bruce sat you know in, in the bat cave with just like alfred there that's that's bruce that's him that's that's what when he is who he actually is anytime he's outside of that cave i uh, guess he's kind of putting on a bit of an act one way or another i guess my argument is that i guess my argument is that the batman is like the character he creates as a tool to be who he really is and to have it be effective whereas the bruce wayne character is just a disguise you know like yeah yeah i agree with that um but so I say, you know, that that bit where he's ju- where he's just with Alfred, he is absolutely still Batman. He's doing Batman work, but he is also Bruce Wayne at the same time. And Alfred's kind of like the only one who really knows that in that moment. Hmm. Uh, okay. So I think it's slightly different. Yeah. Well, that's that's, that's definitely felt uh, weird to me. It was just a sentiment at the end, uh, which is fine. Like it's not a bad sentiment, but it, it definitely feels uh, like an old you know, old idea of not only who batman is but I, you know, I can see this text applying to almost any other superhero you know the idea sure. of any superhero and the, the real person behind and how they're both kind of at odds with each other and you know yeah. they're, they're both part of the same person yada 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 but uh, it's all enjoyable like this, yeah i do like this last sentiment though where he's just like all right let's go get you some help and it kind of comes back to the whole start of the issue was you know bruce wayne tried to help this guy because obviously he felt a little bit guilty yeah he doesn't want to just try and kill him or or, or even just lock him up he wants to help him uh, it's one of those weird cases where he sent him to Arkham Asylum for actual help, not just because he was a lost cause. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's so, a little bit different to usual. No, it was a, it was a fun issue. Uh, not as good as the last one. I thought the last one was actually pretty solid. Uh, this one, I think, this is yeah. good. It's, it's, it's a nice follow-up, but it's not as... I think there's a couple of like obvious flaws as compared to the last one, whereas you know, we talked about how it isn't quite as deep. Even though it's got this this bit where it's trying here with the the stuff at the end, I think it's a little too abrupt at the end. And also, I feel like we didn't really utilize him stealing the Batmobile and any other gadgets enough. We didn't nah. really see enough whatever that could have caused. It was just because he drives off in it, and then we don't really see him again until Batman catches up with him and and we have this fight. Yeah, I, I think the idea that he he was I mean, I, it could almost be a like a whole two parter in itself. This issue where. He gets the gadgets in the Batmobile, and he actually does it, you know, we end the issue with him actually using them, and it may be like, oh, hey, this looks like Batman's used his own tools to kill someone, and, like, obviously Gordon knows he's innocent, even the whole police force might know he's innocent, but what does that do to the, the perception? What, you know, if the, if the, image, yeah. if to Vicky Vale, you know, I mean, hell, they even set up the idea that Vicky Vale, you know, reports on the Batman, and 
Like, how do, how could they use that to have her, you know, deepen her her belief that the Batman's this brute and, you know, feed her yeah, story, her it, her you know her narrative. So it makes it a little bit frustrating that it's still a really good, solid, enjoyable issue that's doing a lot of right things. You know, it, it pacing aside from the very ending is great. Uh, reads really well. Art is excellent. Uh, really dynamic. Some great color work going on. And you know, like that that opening sequence for sure, and then the ending as well really sticks out in the color department. Um, it's frustrating though because you can see a lot more potential in it as an idea, and, and it's just just needed a little bit more time to expand on it. It could have been something really great. Yep. Uh, so we'll move on then. Oh, actually, we need to read it. We need to read it. We giving it. Um, for all the reasons I just said, it's a seven. Yeah, I agree. Seven out of ten. Easy, easy peasy. All right, Wonder Woman issue four. Brian has a relic of Chang on the art. This is. Uh, you know, the next issue in this run, and it's, it's Wonder Woman ended the last issue, kind of like sort of denouncing Themyscira and saying, "I am Wonder Woman. I'm not Diana. I'm not your daughter, Apollo. I mean, she is. I mean, that was kind of the reveal that she really is her daughter. But like, you know, she's sort of disowning she her. Feels betrayed uh, because of it. Yeah, uh, and obviously we have a little bookend here with Apollo, and uh, I'm sure you'll tell me who the other god is. That I, I... Honestly, I'm surprised you didn't get this one, given that he calls him by his title repeatedly. Does he? I read this two he days does. ago. I don't remember. Uh, is it? I mean, just if you just glance at the second page, it's you know right there in the middle of it. Uh, uh, oh, war. Okay, fair enough. So this is a uh, this is a uh, Ares, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the issue though is actually spent at a, at a concert. Wonder Woman is wearing some ridiculous uh, punk outfit. I'm into it. And she's listening to music as Hermes and Zola. T- just kind of debate what she's going through and uh it's a pretty low-key issue in that sense yeah yeah it like it's funny because i think the most more exciting stuff is back at themiscara because we, we have hera come down and hippolyta kind of faces her and it, the way it plays out you know there's a good job of making it feel kind of epic and dangerous and it's like okay i have to face this one-on-one and the lightning's in the background and all the rest of it and it leaves it in this way where you're like, okay, is she going to like leave them be? Is she going to let them go? Is she going to sort of, you know, because it's almost like they bond a little bit when, yeah. you know, she, she sort of realizes they've both been kind of scorned by this, you know, this one man or this one God, I should say. And it leaves it kind of ambiguous. But then at the end of like the story of Wonder Woman's side of it, where she kind of realizes she does want to like reconnect with her mother and she feels bad for disowning her last issue, which maybe my biggest complaint is that we just did that at the end of last issue. It felt a bit weird to me to have her just mope around for an issue and then decide to go back on it <laughs> at the end of the very I next think, one. Well, uh, the, the reason it worked for me Ill- enough is that, you know, the, the whole point of why she's at this, this, this concert and, you know, and you're being in the crowd is it, all talks about feeling a part of a community and, mm. you know, society. I think you know the issue is her kind of realizing that, and then uh, there's the moment where where Strife threatens you know uh, Zola's baby, uh, you know she threatens to just rip it out of her, and um, and you know Diana stabs her with the the glass that she's just broken, and you know it's this idea of okay community plus protection, and she kind of comes to that realization over the issue, and, and that's why she's like okay I I should probably go back and apologize. Yeah, um, I just feel like it, like there should have been like almost like a story, you know, an arc or whatever in between. I mean, uh, obviously mm. there might not be a story to tell, but I'm just like, I feel like you have her be angry, Diana, for an arc, 
and then you do I this issue, you know, yeah. uh, just to make you feel like it's sort of had some time to really simmer. Because when she shows up at the end and it's too late, and like you know, everyone like you know, Hippolyta is dead, turned to stone, and well, I mean, she may not, I mean, technically, maybe she can come back from this. I don't know. I, I never read all this run, <laughs> but uh, and everyone else has turned into snakes. I'm like. This, this guilt she feels for coming back too late would have worked better had it, had it been longer. The fact that it happened this quick <laughs> makes it feel like, you, you know, she could have really made this choice that much quicker. I know, I get what you're saying. I do wonder if this is a case, one of those rare cases where something played much better reading it monthly as opposed ah. to, you know, in a, in a trade or, as relatively speaking, we're, we're still half the time as it were, where, you know, that, that month wait, you might have kind of felt like okay an actual month has maybe passed and while we didn't see it diana's been off like this for a, for a few weeks uh yeah maybe maybe it did play better that way um but I, I definitely felt like a weird rush to sort of have her reach that point and conclude and sort of go back in that way not that, not that i don't yeah. enjoy the heart to heart with zola uh and them talking about the bed and you know her mother and all that stuff or uh <laughs> hermes with his foot cast on or i say foot <laughs> <laughs> claw cast and, yeah it's, it's more ankle it doesn't really go over the whole foot as much does it oh True. it does it just leaves all of the the problem is it leaves the front claw talon bit so free that it doesn't feel like it covers most of the foot <laughs> mm. uh but she goes back to Themyscira uh and she just finds a bunch of snakes and we end on the final page of her hugging Hippolyta who's turned to stone uh, so, you know, it's a great final moment that I thought should. <laughs> I actually was disappointed when I turned the page and there was more. I was like, "Wait, what? That's your that's your ending? <laughs> what are you doing?" It is. It is. You've got two more pages of of Aries going on about shit. Yeah, and honestly, I didn't really get a whole lot out of these pages. I mean, yeah, you've got this like the village has been killed. Uh, you we see the dead people as as he walks out, but I I kind of just felt like. First of all, I didn't really think I got much out of this scene anyway, in general, but if you're going to have it here, just put the whole thing at the start. I I, I felt like having this bookend thing is like, no, your uh, final page is Wonder Woman hugging her, her stone, stonified mother. <laughs> I, I actually agree, even though I really like that final beat from Ares going, you know, the, the world will be ruled by war. It's inevitable, and that's well, kind of... The final panel is really a really nice panel. Don't get me wrong, him walking yeah, away into it's... the red background is there's just this dead body in and... the foreground is good. And generally speaking, it's a great ending panel, right? Uh, but I do think it is weakened by the fact that we just had a great ending page, you know, just two pages before. And it's a full page spread, the hugging the stone, you know, yeah. mother. It, like, I just, I feel like that is your ending page. Or it's, it's the sort of page where if you were reading this in a trade that didn't have the issue breaks in it, you would assume and it was you were the trying end, to yeah. guess where the end was, you'd go, "That's the end of that issue." I mean, or not even just put it all at the start. I mean, just put it, put the, the second half of that opening in the middle, or put it, or put it right before this scene at the end where Wonder Woman goes to Temescar. Just swap the two scenes. Ha, ha, have yeah. have that scene, him walking off, all kind of like ambiguous and like kind of evil, and have that lead into the the, the mood of her arriving to the the Temescar, which is just completely empty but snakes. You know. Yeah, I, I actually agree. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, I don't want to be too harsh because it's still, you know, it's still a well-told enough issue. But I do think it's the weakest of the 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 the, the, the four. <laughs> I could say the three, the four so far. Uh, so you know, that's that's what it is. But uh, I, I guess we're in the middle of an arc. So, <laughs> well, that's the weird thing about this book is I don't know how much you read. It doesn't really have arcs. It just kind of runs for about thirty odd issues, really. and and that's it. Yeah. No, I, I think I literally read whatever was in the first trade. So. I've probably well, only read yeah, the next it, two. It, 
it does not have like a natural trade conclusion. It's ju it's very much just one big story. Um, uh, that's fair enough. Uh, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give it a seven point five. Um, a couple of pacing things that we've talked about, and uh, you know, drag it down. But I like a lot of the content that is there, all the conversation, everything with Diana, uh, the confrontation be between her and Hippolyta, and uh, the art is gorgeous. You know, when uh, when Hippolyta, you know, go, uh, not Hippolyta, Hera goes in to swing the axe, it's got like the other the purple mm. backgrounds and stuff. Oh, that looks great. I mean, I like it. She's when she's coming down with the cloak on, and there's like lightning behind her and all that stuff. Like, yeah, we it's like the, the peacock cloak. And we talked about great. the blood red background as Ares is walking off at the end, and there's a lot, there's a lot of good, yeah, stuff with the color, especially in this show. So, this, uh, this is a prime example of why Wilson is one of the top colorists in the industry. So yeah, I'm always give it a straight seven. I think um, for me, um, I don't know. I give last. I think last year was like a seven point five. I gave it. So yeah, it's, it's definitely the weakest of the four. I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see how issue five uh, changes things up next time. Uh, so that'll take us on to the Flash issue sixty-three. Mark Wade writing with Greg LaRock on the art. Uh, this is the second part of Year One: Born to Run. Uh, well, that does kind of rhyme, actually. I never really thought about it, but it, could, it almost does. I mean, it depends on your accent, I suppose. Yeah, one run. Yeah. Yeah, one run. I don't feel like it does in mine. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Not as much. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. so Wally gets dropped by Lady there, the last issue. Uh, and I, I do like that it comes back to present day for Wally. You know, you see the, I, I like the atmosphere here of just like him in a rainy day, as, you know, a storm up above. Uh, like, just a, a little bit to set the tone of like, telling the story again uh, before we go back yeah, in. Yeah, and, and just re recalling just, this is such a coincidence that set off this chain of events of him reminiscing that just makes you go, this has got to be building to something in the present as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, because that's one of the things that even says in the narration at one point later is like, you know, we thought it was such a coincidence that I get hit by lightning in almost the exact same way that the Barry did. Uh, you know, we didn't learn till much later exactly what caused that. You know, there is a reason uh, for it. Yeah. Uh, so something obviously Wade is is going to be uh, dabbling with. Uh, so yeah, so he, he's telling the story, and. What I like about this is that Barry just assumes that he's probably got powers now and he immediately wants to test it. And I actually did laugh out loud when Barry just sort of knocks over a microscope. Which, by the way, microscopes are not cheap pieces of lab equipment. I just want to point that out here. <laughs> so he goes, for, he goes for the microscope, he just tips it over, expecting Molly to just, you know, snap into action. You know, I've seen in Spider-Man 1 where they're in the, the cafeteria and he trips and all the food's going and he do, 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 do. he's expecting that. He's expecting that moment with the, the microscope. And it doesn't happen. I guess this thing is, if, if Molly doesn't catch it, He'll just get it anyway, like yeah. right before it hits the ground. Yeah, but he doesn't know, does he? Well, we don't actually see. We don't, we don't see it hit the floor. You you see it fall and go past Wally, and then the next thing you know, it's it's the next panel of Wally holding it, and, and maybe he picked it up, or maybe Barry handed it to him. Does... I, I think it's funnier if it did hit the floor, that Barry was so confident that Wally was going to pick it up that he was so unprepared <laughs> that he didn't actually <laughs> grab it. I think that makes it funnier. Yeah. It makes it a little bit sillier. Uh, but and I like that he, he, he doesn't just go, oh, well, I guess you don't have powers then. You know, he actually thinks, okay, you know what, I actually have a little bit for me to mine, kick, kick mine in as well. And he, he, he does this test where he takes Wally out uh, and tosses a, a baseball and says, oh, it's just a, just a normal throw. Don't worry about it, Wally. And I actually, probably my favorite art in the book 
is actually this uh, catching the ball sequence. Mm. Uh, and, it's, and it's not because, I mean, the art is obviously solid, but it's not because it's the most, like, impressive visual, you know, per image. It's just how it's paced and how what the layout does to it, where you've got, you keep having this, like, flash holding a, like, a stop clock in his hand. Yeah. And we have, like, the, the ball swishing down just a field, and we're getting closer to the ball, and we see, like, the glove coming out to, to capture it. And the way it's described in the narration as well, it says, you know, the, you know, the bottom of the page says, and then it stopped. It just hung there in front of me like some ripe red plum. And, you know, and it cuts to the, the next page and he's like, you know, diving in the air and grabs it. And he's like, hey, got it flash. And he turns around and behind him, it's like a mile to the flash. And there's like a, just a streak of fire on the ground. It's like, you know, like back to the future tire tracks kind of thing. There's yeah, just this. He's like, Oops. Um, I, I just, I think this this couple pages here this sequence of him catching this ball uh the actual chasing after it and then the realization of what he's actually done is just a perfect piece of comic art and it's not maybe and it may not be to your taste like from a comic art point of view but i think it just the way it tells its story is so sequentially beautiful and I, honestly i think the key is all those little panels of the the stopwatch i think that's what gives it the pace because sure it breaks up the flow enough that it feels like it's taking some time then you look at it and go it's barely, you know, you know, it's barely going. Yeah. Um, but the ball is absolutely getting closer towards us. I think that's what makes it interesting. So the first panel, you see it, it's going away from you. Every other time, though, it's it's moving towards you. So it feels like it's coming at you. It's getting closer to you. So you're waiting for that anticipation of it, of it you know, of, of it, you know, getting stopped before it gets to you. It's just, it's just great craft. It's just great comic book making craft. Uh, and it's sort of while he rushes off out of the city and steals someone's hat. Uh, does a cop's hat and puts it on some random person in the city. Uh, and Barry catches up. Now, I will, my only critique of this this arc so far is that for the second edition I wrote, there's a random criminal thing happening in the middle of the city. Like a big deal was like a shootout and there's like, you know, a, a gang of thieves who are like running for the cops. Crime was rampant at the time. Apparently. apparently. Flash was not enough of a deterrent. That's it. There is a weird moment here uh, where they kind of like Wally kind of points out, hey, these actually, I think these are the same guys we got earlier. What's going on? Uh, you know, something weird's going. On. And uh, this is alluding to what the the the, the villain of the arc is going to be. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get into more of that. There's just a little tease for where we're going. You know, and it shows Wally, like, you know, stopping bullets for the first time because he's well, not stopping. I think that was the important oh, sure. part. Redirecting. He's, he's aware of physics enough that he can't just stop them. He has to move them and and let it kind of play out. Yeah, and it has to be like next to a like a, a building site or whatever, and they 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 form a wall of bricks around the criminals so they're trapped, and mm. they they speed off. And Barry gives him this the talk about a not letting anyone know who he is because uh, for you know all the various usual superhero reasons, and also here's this ring with a costume, and it is literally just the Flash's outfit before a kid size. Uh, and it's not a kid size at first. Barry you know, yeah. alters it in super speed just to okay that this will do for now. Yeah, uh, and if I remember correctly, he, does, he doesn't get like the you know the yellow traditional kid flash outfit in this art. I don't think he does, from what my memory. I'll take your word for it. We'll find out. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, Iris shows up and you know flashes. Like, oh, right, I got to go, and you know comes in as Barry. Yeah, and and Flash did tell Wally, uh, don't don't tell anyone, even Iris. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the end of the issue. It's just, he's all excited. Uh, he, he kind of laments in the narration that, you know, that was the start of the best summer ever, but of course it had to end. And he gets kind of somber at the end where he's like, 
because uh, he literally says too bad it had to end and there's just what the next photo in the, the picture book that he's looking at that Iris made is of Mirror Master standing over fl- an unconscious Flash so that, that gives you like a tinge of like okay there's going to be a darker you know villainous side to this summer yeah and I love in just in the art on that very final panel you can see mm. Wally's reflection looking into the photo because it's yeah. in a frame yeah it's in a frame uh, it's I a nice touch that. because we're talking about Mirror Master so the fact that we're actually dealing with a reflection is just yeah and I just think it's so nice as well, as well like you know, the idea of okay it's just a it's a picture in a frame it would be really easy just to show us that and we'd get it and that's fine but to go the extra step of having that that somber look in the reflection really sells the final moment as as a final panel rather than just you know being a, a really what would have been much much simpler and wally also lamented before this that he shouldn't have let the newspapers name him because he became kid flash and he couldn't do anything about it once the name stuck yep. that was it <laughs> there was no change in it that's so. the rules yeah so no uh, how did you feel about the second issue of the the run proper yeah i think it's, it's real solid uh it, it's greatly paced you know it, it, it goes in so fast this issue um i you know i really like that that sequence out in the uh you know the, the, the training sequence with the ball essentially um you know that a year one with a training sequence my I, god I, what a novelty <laughs> Who'd, who'd have thought that it would involve discovering powers? <laughs> uh, if, if you don't, I mean, I assume everyone who's listening to us also listens to the main show. But let's just say we were not particularly positive on Joshua Williamson's Flash Year One for Barry. That was a what last year now? No, well, it was obviously it was because it's February. <laughs> it must have been last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, no, 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 I really like most of the art. I think uh, it could be improved. I, I think Wally and, and Barry's. A dialogue. I think it's it's partially because okay, they have only really just met. Uh, I think it's just that the chemistry is not quite there between them really mm. yet, and and maybe that's an intentional writing that hey, these people don't really know each other. Uh, yeah. And I'm including as you know, Barry as the Flash in this as well. Yeah. Um. I mean, one thing I do know what happens by the end of this arc is that he does tell him who he is. Like that's a thing that yeah becomes a, a factor. Uh. So it's one of those things where. Uh, that, that that becomes a matter of trust like you know how can i expect to trust him to trust me if i don't trust him so uh i, yeah. I i'm going to go to let me say it is intentional that it's like yeah it's supposed to feel a little bit stilted because there is this kind of like barrier between them right now yeah i, I think it, uh, it probably is however even so it does make it slightly less enjoyable to read because they are mm. like the only two characters for you know 90 percent of it yeah, my only real complaint is that the actual hijinks of the criminals after the first half of the issue is just a bit generic and just kind of whatever. That's, I don't think that's anywhere near as good as the the uh, training. Uh, but I love the ending, though. I love how it kind of like just sets this tone for, yeah, there was a darker experience that summer. That Obviously, they made it out of it, okay, because you know, Barry was still the Flash for years and Wally's still here. So it's not like it you know, ended their death or anything like that, obviously. But there was a, you know, a sinister part to it that we're getting to, so... Yeah. That's cool. Uh, what are you giving it? Uh, let me just find 7.5 is what I've given it. Yeah, I like it more than you do. I, I think we go with 8.5. I, I think it's a, a really good issue, and I'm really impressed with how it... Uh, that, that training sequence especially is just a, a great, you know, sequence. It, it just it, it nails exactly the feeling that it wants the character to have and emulates it for the audience. Uh, mm, that's fair. So... Yep, uh, 8.5 for me. Uh, so that'll take us on to Birds of Prey Manhunt issue 2. Uh, this is the four-issue miniseries uh, early on in this run. And 
we just introduced Catwoman at the end of the last issue, and to be fair, it turned out Catwoman didn't date the bad guy, so at least that's, you know, slightly, you know, alleviated my complaint. Although, the main part of my complaint was mainly how a character Huntress was, but <laughs> still, uh, it's nice that not all three of them uh, had dated. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a concern at the end that, oh my god, not again, but yeah. it wasn't, so it's... It's better in that case. Yeah, no, I, I think this is a better issue overall. I, I do think there's maybe... It's maybe a bit more dialogue-heavy, which hurts it a little bit in places, but... That's interesting. I I did not think this was a better issue at all. I thought this was a, a, lot, le- uh, a lot less interesting. Well, I, I thought it got interesting as it went on, because I, I think um, once D- Dina chooses to turn off her comms, right, and or at least, yeah, take out her thing so she can't hear Babs. Babs can still kind of hear what's going on, uh, but she can't hear Babs. And once that once that happens, I was kind of because it becomes this kind of car thing where they they're in the car together, they're chasing after them, the police are chasing after them. Uh, Babs is yelling to Dinah to not trust these two. Like, Don't go with Catwoman; it's a crazy idea. Um, I I did kind of you know Canary jumps uh, onto the car, ends up in the plane, so she's kind of like almost not kidnapped. She kind of gets herself into this bother, but she ends up in the plane with them. Um, and you know Batman's actually kind of there. The Batmobiles are around, um, and I, I did kind of like the interaction between Oracle and Batman here, where she's like, "Hey, I had an operative out there. You didn't happen to see anyone else, did you?" And he's like, "Nah, <laughs> no just one a, just here. a burning car." Yeah, uh, and you know, like, so it does slow down a little bit. You know, when Huntress and Catwoman are alone, and they end up, they end up going after the uh, the mansion and dealing with the dogs together, like. That that stuff does kind of slow it down a little bit, but I did kind of like the bonding a touch, and I liked uh, Canary kind of trying to talk to Oracle, even though she can't hear. Her. She's like, "I hope you're listening," and just kind of saying stuff anyway, uh, just to sort of yeah. set up a predicament. Uh, I I I thought something was going to happen here from memory because I'd read this before, and I don't know if it's something that's going to happen later or if I'm just misremembering that it happens at all. But do you want to share or I won't just for the sake of spoilers, just in case it actually does happen like next issue. Okay. But um I got excited about it though, so I hope it does happen next issue because Otherwise you've just imagined something. Yeah. And it's not it's not yeah. a big deal. I mean I say I'm excited, I just mean I like the story beat, is all I'm saying. Like yeah, yeah. memory. Um but yeah, it ends with uh so the bad dude whose name I can't remember, uh he's in a plane going somewhere with, with Dana. Uh sort of trapped on board um and huntress and catwoman are dealing with who is it they're dealing with again let me go back and check Uh, i'm not sure i remember i remember them trying distracting the dogs yeah yeah yeah. right yeah so bristol 100 acres blah 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 his tax return says coming bro. Ah, uh, so this is some guy who's been working with. Uh, he's been doing all the all the money laundering for uh, the bad guy. Yeah, uh, that's what they're after. I just couldn't remember because, uh, like I say, we were meant to record this two days ago, and so I'd read all my books yeah. two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, for me, I don't think Catwoman's a great fit in this book. I think that's what drags it down for me. The balance. Oh, I think fair. Huntress, because we've already got Huntress as kind of the the wild card in this story, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Babs and Diner are you know the pretty straight and then and, and diana's not entirely you know she's she's like oh yeah i'll use guns whatever but she won't kill anyone huntress is kind of that wild card already where oh who knows can we really trust her and we played a lot that last issue and then catwoman's just kind of more of the same it, it kind of feels a bit redundant it just makes diana feel a bit outnumbered um but not in an interesting way hmm. 
Uh, I thought it was a bit more wordy. I thought it overall flowed a bit better, though, because last issue... Well, that's not true. The last issue did flow quite well, because it, it kind of it, it did the thing with both ends of the, the tower and then them meeting in the middle kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So that, that that was good. Uh, it was the flashbacks that slowed it down last issue. So there was a pacing issue, but it wasn't uh, with the, the main fight and stuff. Um, this issue, I think, flowed overall better because it didn't have the flashbacks explaining the backstories. Yeah. So I was okay with that. Um, I don't think it's a great issue, though. I, I think it's it's got some banter that I like again. It's got some uh, fun moments. You know, them, them driving the car over the fence early on and uh, just just the, 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 the general lack of, you know, caring about their well-being and just being willy-nilly action heroes early on. I feel like it fit the kind of the, the free spirit of the, the whole Yeah, I think the, the action looks really good and it's just a lot of fun. Um, you know, like, like Dana jumping the cars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there is some solid stuff in this, but like I say, I think it is just a we're we're introducing this team. So we had uh, you know, we had Diner and Babs before, and then okay, this is the next stage, and we introduce Huntress, and we okay, we'll throw that in there and see how she bounces off. And we haven't really explored that enough yet, and we're just okay, Catwoman now, and uh, it, it distracted from it for me. I think I don't think the only the balance is quite right, and um, just uh, just led to me not enjoying the issue as much, even though technically it's not like a bad issue yeah that's fair well i mean it's interesting you're saying that catwoman doesn't quite fit the team but huntress does because obviously later eventually huntress is going to be a main part of the team i think what i will say is i think it could have you could have had catwoman instead of huntress Mm. i think just more right now in this kind of infancy of forming this idea of a team uh the the balance just isn't right by having both of that type of character there uh to, to even out essentially, you know, Babs and Diner. I think just one of them would have worked better. Interesting, interesting. All right, we give it then. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a six. Um, I really like the art, uh, which uh, does does bump it up a notch. Yeah. Um... Oh, I'm conflicted because. I feel like I want to say 6.5 because you said 6 because I feel like I'm a bit more positive but at the same time I d- But you don't actually feel a 6.5 Well no I think Well no because I, I feel like I'm a full point above you but if I, if I go a full point above then it's a 7 which is equal to my Batman and Wonder Woman scores but I don't necessarily think it's as good as those So I think... Do you want me to go back down to 5.5 <laughs> to make you feel better? I feel like I'm forced into a 6.5 <laughs> because of that, that <laughs> feeling so I'll say 6.5 even though I feel like I'm a bigger gap between me and you but that's, that's you know whatever <laughs> whatever anyway uh i'll take us on to gsa issue three uh james robinson and david goyer writing with stephen sadowski on the art so we ended last issue with mordra showing up after they found the fate baby at least one of the teams did it wasn't all the teams um i'm specifying that because the other teams show up uh you know a yeah, little bit into this take out them you know really quickly or he did at the end of last issue yeah he's got a hot and girl he's... but the throw it he's you know he's been all threatening so i'm going to kill you i'm going to yeah. kill fate baby and, and... and then the cavalry arrives <laughs> well starman cuts off his goddamn hand this is what happens yeah and the rest of them come in riding green horses courtesy of alan oh, well green pegasus yeah pegasus yeah they're, they're flying horses let's get it that right yeah yeah <laughs> that's important I mean, they would have been flying either way, just because yes. that's, that's kind of how this works. But whatever. Yes. Uh, they're all ready to go. Jay's going to run in, but Mordred's like, ah, screw this, and just leaves through a portal. Uh, is what it is. 
uh, and they're all kind of like, crap, what do we do now? And they're like, oh, well, we have to go find. And, you know, there's a little bit of, um, like, you know, because Alan obviously was in the other team. He's like, hey, wait, who are you? And she's like, I'm Hot Girl, and my name's Kendra Turner. It's a long story. Oh, we'll get to it later. <laughs> like, yeah. um, that, 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 kind of, that kind of moment is, like, like hit and miss for me because on the one hand I like that they're addressing it but on the other hand the exchange just feels like it's there because we have to address the fact that all these other people don't know who she is and it'll feel good if we don't um, it's but- one of those things where I appreciate it in the technical sense of okay this is you know maybe this to most people is a, a new character here's the name once again just to remind mm-hmm. you and we've talked a lot about how early on especially in runs new characters you should be telling us their names uh, every issue at least at first um so I get it in that sense. It feels like it's as much there for the reader as it is for, you know, for the the rest of this team's context. And that's why you know it's it's not we're not getting the full story or whatever. It's like oh, we'll get to that later. It's fine. Just you know, hot girl Kendra Saunders. Just just so you remember. Yeah, our man tried to look into Mordru's past and future, but as far as he can tell, he never was born and never will die, which is a bit of a conundrum. Uh, yeah <laughs> what do you think about it uh scarab is in the tower of fate we saw him go there last issue we see him arrive here uh with star girl in tow behind him kind of spying mm-hmm. and scarab's talking to the fate helmet but mordrew shows up uh and basically wipes the floor with scarab pretty easily rips the uh oh what did they call it later i've forgotten it's like a scarabium or something like that scarabus so yeah it's something like that it's scarab it, it scarab thingamajiggy uh off his chest i'm trying to find it because i'm really intrigued now because it was a stupid name i, re- oh, I remember that we'll get to it i'm sort of st- I'm, going, I'm going through it here as a thing so uh but you know so, so she sees this she's courtney's kind of scared because you know she's this teenage girl so this guy's obviously a big bad uh mordrew regrows his hand out of magic energy uh sorry chthonic forces specifically i'll get that right uh and he holds up the baby like he's in the lion king towards the dr fate helmet uh as and, a... <laughs> and you know the cape starts flowing towards the baby it's a really nice image yeah and basically because he implies that he's going to have to kill the baby without caring about it courtney gets up some courage and i think this is really smart because it makes you root for her right after this because at this moment it's like okay i want to root for her now because she's willing to go up against this big bad on her own and we've just seen how he took out you know yeah a third of the the, the main team she, she's the ultimate underdog here but she's willing to fight anyway so it makes you want to root for her and, be, and she has a new character so it's like yes let's let's make us like her and he laughs yeah. and then of course everyone else shows up in the time ship <laughs> which and when we say time ship, we do actually mean like a classic wooden Viking looking boat that has a lot of clocks going down the side of it. That's that I is... love this thing. Every time it shows up, I love it. And it comes through like a portal, uh, because it was a time ship. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone shows up in uh the Tower of Fate and you know Alan takes on takes on Mordru with the with the green energy. Uh they always try to do it. Uh, he actually zaps uh, Jay and Hippolyta to a random place in the, the Tower of Fate and even with his speed, Jay can't figure his way out immediately. So uh, so he basically starts defeating all the GSA one by one is ultimately what's happening. He rips off Kendra's wing, uh, he breaks Wildcat's arm, which is relevant because yeah. there's, there's, there's an issue soon where, he's in a, where Wildcat's on his own in a wheelchair, which I always remember. It's a fun oh, one. Yeah, it's very distinctive. It's great. Yeah. Uh, he, he grabs the staff from Starman and smacks him up the face with it. Yep. And Courtney becomes important yet again. 
because she hears a voice she hears hears a voice coming from the helmet and she goes towards and she gets sucked into the cloak and into the helmet and she's inside this world and kent nelson's there with his wife and he's kind of the yeah, keeper just, of the helmet just want to specify she's in the amulet not the helmet sorry the amulet yes uh and it's like hey kid you know uh can you go out there and grab the scarabus thing her scarabius scarabeus maybe scarabeus whatever uh, yeah i just grab that and do this with it uh give it to the baby um counting on you kind of thing and you know and again she goes out there and she does it and she actually runs towards the baby with this thing in her hand. i actually love that panel it's probably my favorite panel in the book it's her running with this terrified look in her face towards the baby hoping that this thing will just take and just yeah. mordru looking over his shoulder and be like huh <laughs> and be like shit <laughs> So, yeah, I don't think it's my fav- my favorite panel in the issue, but it's a, it is a really good panel. I like it. No, no doubt about that. Actually, it may be the, the moment where she actually attacks Mordru to try and save the baby earlier. They're, they're both good moments. I kind I kind of love his reaction though. You know that that just that panel of him looking down and just laughing at the the absurdity of this this random girl trying to stop him. Well, that's why I love this part at the end, though, where he looks over his shoulder because he he discounted her as this like nothing that you know she yeah. can't pose a threat to me. And he looks over his shoulder, and it's this just moment of, wait, she may actually be about to win. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> like that—that's it's beautiful. So it she she connects the scarabus with with the baby, and the final page is a full page spread of Doctor Fate, fully grown, cloak blowing in the wind, uh, as it were. And it's like, and then yeah. you, and you learn it's actually been him doing the narration. Yes, yes, he's been the one narrating the whole time this issue. And it says, next issue, who is fate? And that's a good question. We're, we're going to find out. So, uh, hell, of, hell, of a, hell of an issue again. I mean, I hate... This is the problem with picking our favourite at the end of each week, is that I, or each episode, is that I feel like GSA Some is going... Has, has an advantage. GSA is going to win a lot at the time. And I feel like Wade's Flash could get there where it's maybe going blow for blow, right? And it could be fighting them. Yeah you know, back and forth. Do you know what the problem is? I'm on record multiple times mm-hmm. as the JSA, this this run being like my favourite run of all time of, of any comic. So it's it's kind of unfair. But admittedly, I've not read most of the other stuff that we're going to be, you know, that we're putting against it. So th- there's a chance that something can, you know, be a nice surprise and, and you know, pull up ahead. You never know. It's possible possible uh but no the book looked good uh i love everything in here with courtney giving her kind of a, a spotlight issue and obviously those sections of the book where she's not you know in this issue but she has all the big moments like you know the, the, the her yeah. being in the photography alone with with mordru and then actually getting the the guidance from ken and doing the final thing that sort of saves the day giving her yeah. the spotlight to say hey she's going to be useful she should root for her and because you know, because everyone else like essentially got turns in small teams last issue to have their their moments, right? Uh, this issue was like, no. This is about Courtney's introduction. Uh, there may be a little hot girl, but not much. Uh, and I appreciate that because I think there's a really good job at that, and it makes me it worry for her. So, and her victory feels really earned because even though she doesn't physically beat Mordru, she just you know she wins. The fact that we watched him take down like the entire JSA, pretty much no problem. Well, I, I think it that's. Really felt it was a threat. 
Well, I think that's what makes it really work, is that it's not like she suddenly just gets really powerful and takes him on as if she can swat him like a fly. He's still dangerous to her, and it's just about her having the courage to try and sneak in this one little thing that she has to do, and that's what yeah. saves the day. Um, you know, she's still a rookie, she still doesn't know what she's doing yet, but she's got the courage to do this, and it makes you want to, yeah. you know, be on her side. Fate, so. on the other hand, he might be able to go toe-to-toe. Oh, he might be able to, yeah. Uh, which might be what we get next issue. Uh, so, no, uh, really good stuff. Really exciting. Uh, having to devote the time to heart, and then you know everyone else getting the little moments as well. Uh, so it really sells more Drew as this big bad because he does literally go through every member, <laughs> mm. quite brutally in some cases as well. I don't know if Kendra can regrow a wing or what, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's gotta hurt though. I don't know if they address it because obviously she's got her wings back before long. I don't know if they ever address how she has them back given that we know from you know just from memory with uh with wildcat that they do kind of make mm. a big deal out of this and you know do address the whole context of it i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they do address it yeah we'll see we'll see uh but not real good stuff uh what are you giving this issue um i'm gonna give it like an 8.5 because it's, it's kind of great yeah i'm gonna agree with 8.5 i'll agree with 8.5 all right, uh, so that'll take us on to the final book then of the week, um, at least until next time. Because as, as I should mention, uh, the vote for the seventh slot uh, is up to the end of the month, so uh, we should know what the winner is before next episode. So we should have the first issue of whatever wins in the next episode. So, uh, yeah, which we cannot push late because I'm away that week. <laughs> oh yeah, you're leaving that week. Uh, Wait, so are you going for a full week? No, I'm only going for a few oh, okay. days. I was going to but say... I'm, go- I'm going on the Tuesday. Because I was going to say, if you're going to start elsewhere the following week, can we even do it? I mean, but if you're back, you're back. It doesn't really matter then. Yeah, yeah I'll be back. Uh, so, cool. All right, so yeah, that'll take us out to the final issue of the show then, which is Adventures of Superman 582. Um, I-, I think on the first, on last week's episode, I, I explained uh, the numbering here of Adventures of yeah, Superman yeah, versus yeah. Superman Volume 2. Uh, so go back to that one if you want an explanation as to what exactly Adventures of Superman is. But uh, Also, it's the Adventures of Superman with Supergirl. Except she's not really in the issue. No, but that no, that's what the cover is actually selling it as the book right now. Oh, really? Okay, I mean... Yeah, okay. yeah, it's actually the Adventures of Superman, and then underneath it says with Supergirl. I've said a little add-on title. Doesn't really mean much. Yeah. No, no, I know, but I just it tells you a lot about what this book was at the time. I think. Yeah, I guess, and it's worth mentioning because this this book is is pre, um, you know, it's pre the 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 the, the you know the, the crash landing Supergirl from Krypton, who's the cousin, right? That's the, you know from the two thousands. Obviously, that was a Silver Age Supergirl as well, but. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Supergirl, if she does show up in this at some point, I assume she's going to since she's on the cover of this issue, but not in this issue. That this is the uh, like the one who was in the Peter David run, the the Angel, the Earth Angel. I assume so. Um, well, I mean, even with the flames in the cover, that's kind of like a flaming wings, unless I'm mistaken. But yeah, yeah. I mean, this is from the very early 2000s. This issue. Yeah, Supergirl, um, uh, the Jeff Loeb Supergirl introduction in Batman Superman was later, though, right? It was, I think it was like 2003, maybe, right? Yeah, it was definitely, yeah, it was later. I think it's a couple of years after this. Yeah. So, I don't know when the Earth Angel Supergirl left, or when she died, or whenever that happened, I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah. Continuity, folks. 
I, for the record, Supergirl by Peter David is one of those runs that I'm really looking forward to doing in this show at some point. Uh, they wait till one of the other ones ends, but <laughs> this eventually, yeah. it's, uh, it's it's definitely a consideration, folks, because uh, it's very interesting. Uh, so I'm going to be honest, I don't like this issue that much. Thank God. <laughs> uh, this is this is not Jeff Loeb, uh, and I'm forgetting the artist's name from the last issue. This is uh, uh, Ed McGuinness. There you go, Ed Thank you. Uh, J.M. Demetis is is the writer in this, and then Mike S. Miller's the artist, and the art is fine. It's definitely trying to emulate the other artist, uh, McGuinness. But uh, I thought this was a shorty read. Like this, this thing just felt like it was pages and pages of text. It didn't flow that well to me. There is a lot of text, and yeah, this was a slog. And it, honestly, like th- this was sold to me because of the way it's, it's put in the trade of like all these different issues of the different series. You know, I, I went in thinking that Jeff Loeb wrote the whole thing, and this was just one story that played out over all these books. But that reading this, this feels like a tie-in issue where almost everything in this just feels like it's maybe slightly expanding what was in the first issue, but without really doing anything interesting. It's interesting because it's technically this is part two. Of this story, this uh, Superman Arkham, whatever the story is Yeah, called. so so they claim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like officially, this is part two for all intents and purposes. It doesn't feel and like it, though. It doesn't, though. I agree. Uh, there are a couple of beats where maybe, sure, that, yeah, this is technically the next step, but... Because it basically it, establishes, it like it. It establishes that Superman keeps breaking out of Arkham and Bizarro keeps catching him and putting back. It's like he's in this never-ending nightmare of repetition. Um, so... We've already seen him escape and get put back in a really fun issue, which was the last one. This one... Yeah, I feel like there's a bit near the start of this where it feels like it's repeating some of the beats. It, like, it, like to the point where I feel like it's actually recapping and redoing that, like the bit with mm-hmm. Lois. Yeah. Uh, is that the same bit from like the end of last uh, issue, or is that it happened again? Like, you know, he keeps this keeps happening. Uh, well, I think the Lois encounter is different. It is, but they don't address the previous time. So is no, it no, just he, the... he does say that he remembers and that you've changed your hair because she had wigs last this, end of last issue. Remember? That's true. Yeah. So it establishes that his memory is hazy, but he does remember with different hair. Uh, and obviously, he does have this feeling of remembrance with her anyway, because obviously he's got the faint like inkling of his real life. You know, for what you yeah. know, all that stuff he's forgotten. But I do think that moment is him remembering she had different hair last issue. So I, I do think it is addressing that. No, that that meeting did happen. And now this is happening again. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but you know, and she kind of traps him in a lab, and but he ends up getting out. <laughs> uh, there's like a an anti Justice League that Bizarro's got of a really. I mean, did did you immediately know that this was Poison Ivy that we were looking at? I mean, just from the visual, yes. I I I mean, I wasn't like, oh, I've seen this version of Poison Ivy before, but she's green, she's planty. I'm like, okay, this has got to be Poison Ivy. There's no one else it could be, surely. It didn't click, click, click for me. It wasn't until she, someone's called her Ivy that I went, oh, it's Poison Ivy. I guess I can see it. <laughs> someone's pointed it out. Uh, it's, it's, no, it's not like a traditional Ivy look, but it's it's in the ballpark enough that I immediately went, yeah, sure. I, I, I get how that's Ivy. I think because she's with a, a bunch of, let's be honest, uh, like, unknowns. I was going to be kind and say like T-listers or something like that, but like... What is that kinder than unknowns? Because... Okay, but it's the most who's specific... The guy, who's the guy who looks like he's Jonah Hex? I have no idea. I'm assuming it's not Jonah Hex, but... No, it's not. I don't think it is. Uh, yeah, because the one that's on the cover with Supergirl is this uh, Inferno or Ignition or whatever her name is. 
some sort of fiery demon looking chick right <laughs> so she is uh, and I'm, I'm yeah. sure these are characters oh. from something. I'm, I'm sure these are a deep pull that you know DC writer nerds have pulled out from. Some oh, old... I'm sure they are. I don't doubt that they exist as characters. Just that yeah. we don't know who the hell these people are. Yeah. Oh, one of them's a turtle, though, right? A... There is a turtle-esque yeah. character. He's an actual turtle, though. Where am I looking? Is he snap? He's like feeling a little snappy, are we? Yeah, because Flash is fighting him. There's like a there's like a scene with Flash fighting the turtle, but he's actually got like a big shell back, and he's like, <laughs> and he bites his hand or some dude's hand. What oh, is Jimmy? Okay, sure, he bites yeah. Jimmy's hand. That's, That's who it Jimmy, is. Yeah. yeah, it's Jimmy's hand. And Jimmy grows into a giant turtle boy, which is kind of a play on some old Jimmy stuff. But like, yeah, and then like, the, <laughs> they call in an exorcist. Uh, to deal with, I mean, I assume this is Supergirl who's the nun. So I guess this is Supergirl. This in this. I think it is because she's got the, the 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 fire wings, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. But you don't see the hair though. She's got like a like a headdress on, um, and yeah, okay, I found I found out who this league is because I, I was okay. it was bothering me. All right, go on then. So we've got the the they're officially called on on this is on the DC wiki the Joker League of Anarchy. So we got Bizarro, obviously, Bounty, which I assume is the not Jonah Hex, mm-hmm. Ignition, which is a first appearance, Poison Ivy, obviously, Scorch, and Schism, and Wait. then the Turtle as well. There's Ignition and Scorch. There's, there's, there's two flame sound. Yeah, ones. the Demon one, I think, is Scorch, because Ivy yells at Scorch to shut up mm-hmm. as, as she's talking. Uh... I'm, I'm lost after that. Ignition. Ignition's the big machine dude. Yeah. See, this tells you how how much I didn't like this issue. I said at the start of this conversation that Supergirl's on the cover but didn't appear. There is literally a full page spread at, towards the end of this issue of her with the logo on her chest and the big fire wings. Yeah. That's literally something that happens towards the end of this issue, and I'd completely forgotten about it. And I read it two days ago. <laughs> yeah, the 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 idea is that she seems to know what's going on, right? She's got this perception of the world and knows things are screwed up and changed. Yeah, yeah, she seems to have a, a and and a turtle giant turtle Jimmy stands on her, uh, and he tries to eat Superman. And then it just says, continue next chapter, as Lois looks on in horror from the, the comms room. Uh, Mine, again, I'm in the single issue. It, does, it specifically says, continued in Man of Steel 104. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that, this is a weird issue. I, you this know, is a, a step down in this story in every sense of the word, isn't it? I, I just flat out didn't like it. I didn't think it was enjoyable to read. There was a lot of characters that I didn't really know just yelling at each other which didn't feel like an introduction in any way shape or form it just felt like i was supposed to somehow know who these characters were um the fact that i forgot like one of the big major story beats that from when i read it two days ago i think is a a damning criticism Uh, do you know what i think is uh, part of the problem with Mm -hmm. this moment is i think it's a fine moment and the art while it's not mcginnis right is it's not bad art yeah however that moment should have been a full page I don't think that's why a I big for- reveal there. I don't think that's why I forgot it, but sure. I know. I I think if that was a big full page reveal, 
that would have been more memorable inherently. I mean, maybe. I, I, I think it's more the fact that she just gets stomped immediately by... You know, it's played more of a joke than it is like an actual big dramatic beat. That's true, yeah. I, I think because... that's got something to do with it. Um, I, I assume this is just because it feels like maybe this book was kind of just hers right now, right? That, that's why it's uh, maybe. says with Supergirl on the front. So maybe they're just like, well, we need to work her in somehow. Yeah, not in a way that I have particularly enjoyed. Um, and the fact that this is a different creative team, the fact that this is a different writer to me says this is more of a tie-in than it is an actual main chapter. I think it's interesting because... Uh, Jeff Loeb doesn't even have, there's not even like a story credit or like a shit. Usually when we mm-hmm. see this now, um, uh, what's a recent issue? Uh, Night of the Monster Men, a couple of years ago now, admittedly, but I think there's a good example where um, there, I think there was still some individual teams writing, but we had a story by every, you know, it was always o- overseen by one person, right? I don't think Orlando wrote every issue of that. Although maybe I'm misremembering now. Um, but you know, that idea that you see where someone's the the kind of the lead writer and this is all the story beats but individual if writers I, on that book if i recall correctly he co-wrote with everyone so all the writers of those main books were still kind of there but he was yeah that's was, ex- that, that's exactly what i'm talking about where yeah. it's his story and he's the one kind of okay here are the beats for this issue and this is what we're going to do but then the individual writers the only... are probably the ones doing most of the heavy scripting yeah the only thing i've really glossed over here that we should probably mention is that you know, Lois has Clark trapped in a lab, but for some reason feels the need to let him go, and they share a kiss, and it's kind of this weird, like, okay, we both felt the need to kiss there, but we don't really know who each other are, it's kind of weird. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I just I wanted to mention that beat, because it felt weird to ignore it, but, um, yeah, so it ends with Big Turtle Jimmy eating Superman, and Lois just looking in shock and horror, and that's the issue, and you know, I went from being looking forward to the next issue of this to now dreading the next issue. Like, I'm, I'm basically just like, until it's the low chapter again, I'm worried. <laughs> well, I'm going to go and see who is on issue 104 of Man of Steel. I wonder uh, if he's on all cause... the issues of Emperor Joker, because the Emperor Joker trade does just say Jeff Loeb and M. McGinnis on the front. I'm sure it does. So they, they must be the prominent uh... in some way. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at would you like to hear the solicit? Okay. The next one. So, Superman Arkham Part 3. Uh, the science police are after John Henry Irons for committing the heresy of thinking logically. Can the rusted out steel convince Superman that 2 plus 2 doesn't equal fish before the deadliest high gun ever, Bounty, gets the duo in his high tech crossheads? So, it's just an old super. So, it's an old tie. It's an old Superman ally it's, having a story. It's, it's Steel, right? Doing his issue. Who's, who's the writer, though? Uh, it's Mark Schultz. Uh, we do have Doug Mankey on art, though, so I mean, mm. should look good at least. Interesting. Oh well. So I guess. I mean, this is only four issues, right? Because then it's it's going to be the one shot, and then like the four issues. Uh, yes. That tie uh, into that. So. so, um, I I guess maybe the the fourth one, Action Comics, will be the end of the actual story. Uh, yeah, Action Comics seven six nine. Is that okay? Right. Also, Mixapel looks still running around trying to, yeah. There's like a little moment at the start where he's yeah. like, Hey, wait, I got news to tell you, and then oh, oh, I can tell you from the cover that, yeah, uh... the book looks good, yeah, but uh... I just I, I didn't enjoy reading this at all. No, 
A action uh, is the the Superboy issue. All right. Well, I mean, sure, surely this Arkham stuff just leads into Emperor Joker then, because that's the the, the Emperor Joker one shot. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, because you, you you sold me this as if it was two arcs, but it's not really. It's more like a lead-in well, and then the actual arc. It's 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 sold. It's labeled as two arcs, which is why I assumed it was. Uh, don't blame me. I'm using the information provided. If you give a story two separate names, I'm going to assume it's two separate arcs. I think reasonably fairly. What I wonder is is that if you just read that last issue and jumped straight to the one shot, would it work and make sense, and you wouldn't feel like you'd really missed anything? I don't know. I will say, just looking at the, because I'm, I'm looking ahead here at the solicit for action. Um, it mentions Superman and Steel working together, so okay. it feels like there might actually be some continuity after that, after the third issue. Okay, okay. Well, my yawning's a good indication that we're done talking about this. <laughs> What's the, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm gonna give it a four because it's it's unenjoyable to read, but it's not horrible. Like you know, it's it's just not I, interesting. It's bland. It's it's bland. But the art's all right. I I, I think the art's good enough. Uh, but I I think the, the 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 writing is just not enjoyable to read. I felt I felt like it was a chore. Like I felt the length of every single page, and I was kind of like just praying for it to end. You know, mm. once I was halfway through, and yeah. So because of that. <laughs> Yeah, four. I'll agree with four. Yeah, I was tempted to go lower, but I, you know, it does look fine. You know, I, I think the art is like again. I think it suffers because it's coming off McGuinness, right? And that it's good it's art though. Art. It's not. It's not bad but art. It is good art. Yeah, it's it's oh. it is good. It's just coming off of something amazing. It just doesn't seem as good. Yeah. So there you go. That is the last book of the week. So there will be a seventh book next time, uh, and it'll be one of the four we mentioned earlier: Blue Beetle, Stephanie Brown, Batgirl, Checkmate, or Secret Six, depending on our, the patrons voting. So if you want to vote in that, if you're a patron at five dollars and up, make sure you do so before the end of the month, or you become a patron and vote there before the end of the month. So go and do that. I also take this time to thank our patron producers for the month. So thank you to David Short, Alison M. Forday, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. For, for being our Patreon producers, which means their patrons at $20 are up. So, yeah, otherwise, you know, like, subscribe, all those stuff, that does help. As does rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. You can, of course, uh, get us on the Twitters at DC Comics Podcast. Uh, you know, I'll usually retweet, like, DC Comics news, tidbits, and things like that. Um, get everyone hyped for the sales figures talk in the next episode of Comics in the Multiverse. Oh, I'm going to have to whip my memes back out, aren't I? Which is coming... Episode 195 is going to be a sales talk episode, everyone's favourite segment. So, do uh, look, look, look out for that. Uh, <laughs> did, did you appreciate me, uh, my, my birds of prey sales figures memes? Um, I saw one of them. You didn't tag the, the Twitter on it though, so I only saw it because Tyler, uh, when I was streaming, pointed it out to me. Uh, I just thought, what will hurt Pete more than a sa bashing his sales figures memes? Yeah. Using Birds of Prey. If you, want, if you want to make sure I see it, you're going to have to tag. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was just kind of there, and I was just like, made on the spot, and thought, eh, maybe, maybe I'll tag you next time. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, so, look forward to the main show. Um, elsewhere is still coming. I have Cop and Buffy and Angel and Hellmouth and all that jazz. Cop and Daredevil. I am about to commence work on Captain America. So. It's coming. Hopefully March. It's coming. Look, it'll be ready when it's ready, alright? 
Yep. Yep. Be ready when it's ready. So Still the real problem is by the time you're all caught up, I'll I'll be like, oh shit, now I'm behind. I'll just do a one man show, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You can join him in your co-op. All right. Uh, that is Previous in the Multiverse, episode four. Thank you very much for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, guys. And I'll eventually think of a catchphrase for the end of this show. It'll, it'll happen. Not, nothing stuck out to me in the bookshop. That's, that's uh, because we've missed a section as well. Oh, pick we, your we favorite? We didn't do a little best of stuff at the end here. Um... Well, we only did best moment and best book, I think, last time. I don't think it we was... did art as well, didn't we? Did we do art? Yeah, because we gave it to McGuinness last time. Okay. Um, all right, what's your best best art, then? What's your best art? Um, best art I'm giving to Wonder Woman. I think uh, Chang is kind of great. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm going to go with Flash. Uh, you know, I, I kind of raved about that, so... That sequence, yeah. It makes, makes, makes it an easy pick. Uh, best moment, I'll also give it to that moment in Flash with the, the ball. Uh, easy pick. What's yours? Uh, I'm going to go from JSA, that moment of, of Mordru just laughing uh, at, at the, that is good. the concept of what had just happened. That's good. Uh, I'm going to pick JSA for best book, though, uh, despite picking Flash for the other two options. That's because JSA is awesome. So, yeah. There you go. Alright, that's us. It's weird that it was after all the outro stuff, but whatever. Um, I was literally trying to do my outro line that I haven't invented yet. Uh, <laughs> but... Maybe it should just be that we promise that it won't be JSA every week. Yeah, well. Um, there's no humour in that. You're terrible at thinking of these things. Uh, there's a reason why it falls to me. It takes me some time sometimes, but I'll get to gold eventually. But thank you very much, guys, for watching us. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics and always remember to never... Let a ginger make your catchphrases.